Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boston Balling. I'm your host, as always, Gabby Hurlba, and I'm here with a very special guest today. And I'm really excited to introduce him. Hi, Jared. How are you? Hey, Gabby. How are you? I am doing fantastic. You know, any chance to talk about Boston sports is just a good one for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think Boston sports are the best fan base in sports, and any excuse to talk about them I think is the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's Boston, New York, L.A., Chicago, like the big major cities, Philly, you could put in there, too. But Boston, it's just like maybe obviously I'm biased growing up as a Boston sports fan. But Boston, there's just like this this passion and love for their sports teams that I just relish being in. Yeah, it's totally the environment of going to games and being part of that fan base. I feel like it's just there's nothing like it. Yeah, it's historic. Fenway Park, the Garden, you know, I mean, the Bruins, Bobby Orr, and then obviously now Brady, Belichick. It's just like, oh, why would you want to live anywhere else in the world? I totally agree with you. I think uh, New England is a great place to be. Totally. So I'm really excited everybody's with us today. For those of you that don't know, Jared was on a former season of The Bachelorette as well as two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. So we're really excited to have him here. And he was always a big Tom Brady and Boston sports guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always funny when people introduce me like, oh, you know, I know he's coming on a sports podcast, but he was on Bachelor in Paradise. Immediately, I lose all credibility, but that's fine. I, I have to prove my my credibility, which I'm totally okay with because I'm very confident in my Boston sports knowledge. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm glad that that you are confident in your in your knowledge, and I could tell that you are too. So I'm definitely really excited. I appreciate it, Gabby. I think um, we're going to start off this show by talking a little bit about the Celtics in honor of them actually playing as we speak and NBA season starting today, which is really exciting. So the first thing that I want to talk about is what are you most excited for with this Celtics season? What am I, Are they playing right now or are they playing tomorrow night? They are playing. What? They're playing uh, – uh, I thought – who the hell are they playing right now? No, the Milwaukee tomorrow night. Milwaukee, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, shit, am I missing the game? I um, thought I was missing it. Uh, no, so the most – I don't know what I'm excited about. I got to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm a pessimist at heart, so it, like, kills me for what's going on in Boston sports right now. Because, like, listen, I love Jason Tatum. I'm so happy they locked him up for another five years. That was the best move they could have possibly made in the offseason. I like some of their acquisitions. Tristan Thompson, obviously. Kemba, who the hell knows? Apparently, Brad Stevens came out today and said that he's still a long way off from coming back. And it's like, well, what the hell does that mean? Because I'm I'm nervous this knee thing is going to be reoccurring and Kemba Walker is just never going to be the same player again. So, I don't know. I guess what I'm excited to see is the growth of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Because that's the most important thing about this Boston Celtics team moving forward. Is you need those two guys to be two out of your big three moving forward. You know, Jason Tatum, I'm hoping, can be a number one. He's got the talent. He's got the ceiling. I, re- I mean, he's he's just fun to watch. So um, I'm excited to see him get better because he's still young. He's, what, 23 years old. And then Jalen Brown, if he can be a solid number three, a good player, just an all-around offensive, defensive, uh, full-rounded player, I'm in. And then, you know, Kemba comes back. We'll see what he is. And then maybe in the offseason – you get one more guy, one more guy to put in there for the big three. And then you got something going. The problem is, it's just like, you know, now that, you know, Giannis is going to be in the East for the foreseeable future, Brooklyn looks freaking awesome. 
You know, you still got Miami. You still got Toronto. Russell Westbrook's now in the East. Russell Westbrook's now in the East. Even Philadelphia, like, you know, the 76ers we've beaten up on in the past. But, you know, they're still a talented team. And it's just like, damn, are we going to be like fourth or fifth seed in the East now? Woof. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with a lot of what you're saying. And especially because Kemba's not going to be back for a little while. So that's a little bit of a concern, too, I think. And I am I am curious to see how the young guys mesh because they did draft a couple of good players, too. So I think that seeing how they mesh with the team and just how the bench players get involved with everybody because they never really had a lot of depth. That was always something that they were lacking compared to other teams that kind of held them back. And they had a solid starting five, but then there was nobody to turn to after that. And that was an issue. So I think it's going to be really important to utilize the players that they've drafted and also see who is going to end up being the reliable center for the team because this, the center position has always been a question mark too. So oh, yeah. whether it's Tristan Thompson or Taco Fall or whoever it may be, there needs to be somebody solid in that position. And so I think that it's going to be really important to see who that ends up being and steps into that role. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, they need rebounder. They need a, they need a big man to just clog up the middle on defense because they just got nothing. Yeah, the first round pick was his name, Aaron Naismith. He's a sharpshooter, right? He's a three-point shooter. So yeah. after that, especially after what Tyler Hero did to us last year. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. He, he he was really crazy in the postseason. Oh, my God. And it's like we need a guy like that who could just shoot the three. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just going to be, you know, it's been so long. I mean, good God, that big three trade was, what, 2003? 12 2013 2013 I yeah, think 13 yeah and so ever since then it feels like we've just been trying to build and build and build and you know now we're seven eight years away from that it's like you know we're still trying to build and it's like well, what are we building towards that's the question I have like is is Jason Tatum going to be our guy moving forward like Paul Pierce was and then you know we're going to bring in uh, you know, a Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, like what what Jalen, what can Jalen Brown be? So. Question. I think they're going to be a good – they're obviously going to be a contender this year. They'll definitely be a pretty solid competitive team, but I still think that they're missing something to get them all the way there. I think that on paper they're really talented, but there's just other teams in the East right now that look a little bit more complete, unfortunately. And I think that – You know, and I think that there, there's still like a missing piece – once, once everybody, all the starters are back and everything and, and Kemba's back and all of that, it'll be a little bit easier to gauge. But I think that there is definitely something missing still that is going to put them over the top. And, and Milwaukee only got better in the postseason, too. And then, you know, obviously with Katie and Kyrie in oh. Brooklyn, that doesn't really sit well with me either. So I think that there's definitely some more moves that have to be made. But I think that... Another thing, this leads into the next thing, is that a lot of people were talking about how maybe the Celtics could consider packaging a trade, trading Jalen Brown for James Harden. And I don't know if I really like that idea because this Celtics team has a lot of good chemistry going right now. And the way that Brad Stevens coaches and the way that this team operates is kind of built upon what they have now. And I worry that if they get rid of Jalen Brown, that's somebody who has the potential to have a really, really successful career. And I don't know if I'd want to give that up for who knows how long they'd even have Harden for and if he'd even mesh with with the offense that they have now. Yeah, it's a tough question because I don't want Harden. Uh, but 
the problem with the NBA is that well, I shouldn't say it's a problem, but players control that league. And superstar players are the way that you win and win NBA championships in that yeah. league. And superstar players want to play with other superstar players. And so if they do somehow trade for James Harden, and then you have Jason Tatum and James Harden, you might be able to get another superstar much easier than you would if it was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. And so that would be my only argument where if you're going to bring in James Harden, I feel like the point of doing that would be to try to entice another superstar to come there. And then you have your big three. Cause right now it just feels like you're not going to compete with the best teams in the West. You're maybe like if at best, at best, I feel like you're probably the fourth or fifth best team in the East, you know? So yeah. where does that get you? What does that get you? You know, and and so that's my concern. Like theoretically, if I was a coach, I'd rather have Jalen Brown. I think he's a better all-around player. James Harden is just like that. You know, he just chucks up forty shots a night. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a question that I don't have the answer to because I just want the Celtics. I just feel like they missed out their chance in the bubble. Like they had it in front of them. I know yeah. he's a good team. Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind, but damn. Like I, I just, know that was that was I feel like that was it. I really felt like that was going to be the year, and it was going to be a Celtics Lakers Finals. It was really seeming like it was set up to be like that. Yeah, and like it was your chance to kind of get on the national level a little bit more, playing the NBA championship against LeBron and the Lakers, and then you just blew it in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know Miami was playing really well, but like I mean, how many of those those games were the Celtics up by like twenty in the first half and just blew it? Blew I don't it. Like, yeah. you remember. Yeah. So, so that's why that's it's just so bad because they, they really did have it too. They they really had it in their grasp and they just couldn't finish. And that's what I worry about still now. Now that other teams have gotten even better, I worry about that now. But with the James Harden thing, I think it's it's I think you're right. It's a matter of what it's is it really worth giving up what they'd have to give up for him and what would it really get them this year? And especially considering Harden's postseason history. That doesn't really sit well with me either. So is that what is that really doing for you? I mean, yeah, it's making them better if they get James Harden, but but they'd have to give up a lot for him for essentially not even guaranteeing themselves a championship. No, I agree. Is the juice worth the squeeze? That is the question. Exactly. Yeah, I, I am excited for the season, though. I think that there is a lot of potential there this year. I think that maybe they'll surprise us. I think they have a good thing going still, but obviously injuries are going to be a factor and yeah. and I'm interested in seeing what really happens with the Nets and if that combo ends up working now that KD's actually healthy and playing because I think there's a lot of things that could play into this but it's just it, it, everything with the with the bubble is a bummer so I'm hoping they come out with a different type of fire this year yeah same here you know now they're I mean there will be fans in the stands but at least they're playing on the home court in the garden but uh, yeah, I mean, at least the Celtics are building towards something, you know, or at least they have young players. They're trying to create a nucleus. So that's fun to watch, even if they're not the best team in the NBA. And even if they're not a championship contender, it's still fun to watch like young, young players groom, try to get better, see what the team is moving forward, which is like the complete antithesis of what the Patriots are right now, which is why the Patriots are very difficult to watch. So at least I'm excited to watch the Celtics. Exactly. Yeah, there's optimism there and, and hope there. And, and yeah. I, I think that they'll definitely still be up there late the top five in the east type thing but when it comes to the postseason i think there's definitely a lot of question marks and 
still a couple holes I think that need to be filled, but that's, that comes with time, but they do have a lot of really young talent. So they're definitely up and coming. I think the next few years are going to be really, really good for the Celtics. And there's going to be a lot of teams that aren't going to want to play them. So I think it's a really exciting time now to be watching this team, but I would be definitely a little frustrated if they decide to trade for James Harden, because I feel like they'd be giving up more than they're getting. Yeah, no, it's a good point. But yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited for for tomorrow's game. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I definitely want to move on to our not so favorite topic right now, which is the Patriots, the sad Patriots. Oh, uh, how did you feel originally when Brady left? Oh my God, I was depressed. It was the I worst. Know. I was so mad at other Patriot fans for telling me like, um, oh, I'm ready to move on from Brady and I'm ready. You know, he's, he's already, he's become a diva and he's quit on the team and he wasn't that good that last year and all this nonsensical things. And it's like, well, listen, if, if you're, if we want to move on from Brady, fine, I get it. He's 43 years old. You're not going to give him a max contract, whatever. I disagree with that, but if you're not going to do it, fine. Yeah. What's the transition plan? What is your plan? And that was my whole point since March. Because I, I was thinking to myself, I don't think Stidham's the guy. I'm I'm very nervous that Stidham will not be the guy. And then, of course, they go get Cam, which I was still very hesitant to because I like Cam Newton. He's a, you know, he's actually bought in. I like his personality. He's easy to root for. But what is he? He's had sh- he's had numerous injuries over the past years, which have shown, shown this year. And it's just like when Brady, when they moved on from Brady, it was like, okay, well, what's the plan? Because we don't really have that great of a roster, which we saw in 2019 and obviously have seen in 2020. So you're letting go of the quarterback. And for what? Like, what are you improving in? Like, I, I just, uh, it was so frustrating. It was so goddamn frustrating. It's just like, it was such an easy solution to me. That's what made me so mad. It was such an easy solution. All you had to do, I understand. Listen, Belichick and Brady, they both have big egos. They, you know, they both are mad at each other, whatever. And it just felt like it was time to move on. But like Belichick, all Belichick had to do was say, listen, Tom, I want you here. You're my quarterback. Two more years. You know, I'm going to draft the next guy, develop him under you. And then two more years, you walk. We're going to give you 25 mil per year and pay you the way, you know, you should be paid. Like, it's just like, I get it that that would like crush Belichick to actually do that. But this entire season thus far, all he's done is kiss Cam and Cam Newton's ass. So yeah, yeah, he hasn't said anything about really his struggles at all. All he just says is Cam's our quarterback. And that's really all that he really says and nothing else. And that's fine. But if you can do that for Cam, then you can do that for Tom. And then if you, Belichick, if you truly believe that you will do whatever you think is best for the team. What was best for the team was to kiss Tom's ass. I get it. It would have sucked, but this is what you do with players. And then just give him what he wants for two years, make him feel like he's wanted here, appreciated, as Tom said many times, and then move on. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I think that Brady got frustrated because – Belichick never really provided him with a lot of weapons there and that just became a big problem over the years and it just he was getting frustrated to the point where he was just like I can't do this anymore and I think if he had given him some more weapons on offense I think he would have been willing to take less money and stayed and finish yeah. his career there. And Belichick tried you know like he went out yeah. he got Antonio Brown he went out and got Josh Gordon but like he failed and even yeah. David in the chat right now hi David thank you so much for listening to the podcast. He says, no cap space, Brady saw the talent in Tampa. Totally. But yeah. whose fault is it that we have no cap space? 
Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. He's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL, but he's also the GM. And our draft picks over the past five, six years have not been that good. I mean, we've got a couple, you know, like JC Jackson turns out to be a good player. Um, oh, hey, David. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, when you draft Sony Michelle and Nikhil Harry and guys like, you know, Dominic Easley uh, in the first round, it's just like. <sighs> You expected them to be good, but then people start underperforming like Nikhil Harry underperformed all season. Yeah, like honestly, you know, I think about the future, right? Who's our building blocks for the future? Who's a guy that like, hey, you know what? This is a guy that we move forward with together and he could be a good player. And the only guy that I can really think of is Kyle Duggar. I like Duggar. He seems to be all over the field. He's a ball hawk. He hits hard. You know, he struggles in coverage, but, you know, he'll probably get better with that. I like Duggar. He's got upside. But other than that, there's not really anybody that you can point to and be like, this is going to be the guy. That's an issue. Like, so. sit him. Who the hell knows? And if Cam, like yeah. like I said, I like Cam a lot. He seems rootable. He's he's bought in. He's been, he's drinking the juice. I like it. But he posted something on Instagram the other day saying about, like, the, the, the solution to the problems are in the locker room, and he wants to be a part of the solution. And it made me think, like, well, there's no solution this year. You're already eliminated from the playoffs. There's no way they're bringing Cam back. And I like Cam. If they bring back Cam, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's the other question that everybody's having now is, is he really going to bring Cam back after the season based on how everything went or is he not? But I really think that he needs to draft a quarterback. And like you said before, Stidham's pretty much proving that he's not the guy either. Cam's not showing that he's getting any better either. So what are they going to do because of the state that they're in and just not do anything about the quarterback issue? And granted, there's other priorities too in the draft that need to be addressed this year and in free agency even. I think they can really take advantage of free agency this year and actually make some good moves because, I mean, they need a reliable tight end too. That's another issue that needs to be addressed. And, I mean, the defense has been super inconsistent all year too. Oh, yeah, there's issues at every position. That's what's scary. It's not like, hey, Cam hasn't been playing well. We need a quarterback. No, we need a quarterback. We need uh, we need a quarterback, tight end, wide receiver. Stephon Gilmore is probably gone. So as much as I like J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones, I don't know if they're the strength of the team. Is Devin McCourty going to retire? Probably. I mean, our D-line, we have no pass rushers. Chase Winovich is hit or miss. Our linebackers suck. If Dante Hightower comes back, great. But is he? He's probably going to retire. And even if he does come back, you're talking about, what, a 34-year-old middle linebacker who's taking his lumps? Like, Exactly. How reliable is that, really? Either. I don't know. That's what makes me nervous. And sure, we, you know, we could talk about cat space in the offseason and free agency. But when is – the Patriots never really go after high-priced players. Like, no, they don't. That's not really their style. No, they seldomly do. Like maybe they'll change their ways and they, you know, they paid Stefan Gilmore and they went after him. And other than that, like people point out Darrell Revis, but like Revis, I remember they got him relatively cheap on a one year deal. Like they're not going to go out and get a prized free agent on a one year deal, you know? So it's. Yeah. I know. Well, it's, it's what, what do they really do? And the whole thing with Cam is there are people that were saying, you know, they didn't see a lot of Cam yet or at least enough to really judge what he can do or what he can be because of the circumstances this season and, you know, him getting COVID and everything else and a lot of players being injured and him not having a lot of weapons. But we can't really defend Cam at this point. I think there's too much that has happened this season to make me feel like 
this is not going to get any better. And he's not going to be just this incredible player next year and a super reliable quarterback. I don't think that that's really going to happen at all. But what worries me is that Belichick hasn't said anything about moving Cam or moving on from him at all. So I'm not sure exactly what his process is there either. But, I mean, we know that Bill's always been a silent guy when it comes to the moves that he makes. That's just how he is, and he doesn't say much of anything ever. I mean, we see it in all of his press conferences. But still, it's like I would just be really frustrated, I think, if Cam ends up back on this team because that it's just going to feel like this is going to happen again next year and it's going to be the same season. Yeah, it just makes me really frustrated because, you know, I've always praised the Patriots and specifically Bill Belichick for being ahead of the curve and, you know, plant, you know, moving on from a guy a year too early rather than a year too late and always being ahead of everybody. And he wasn't on this one. Like, I, I'm sorry. He doesn't get a pass on what most likely will be a seven and nine season the first year after you move on from Tom Brady. I can't imagine that was Belichick's plan. I cannot imagine. No, absolutely not. No. He wanted Brady to go what Brady's probably going to go 11 and five down in Tampa, at least 10 and six, make the playoffs. And we're going to go seven and nine down here and miss the playoffs for the first time. in what was that since 2008? So 12 years. It's yeah. like, there's no way that's what he had in mind when the season started at all. I think he thought that people were going to be, you know, obviously some of the circumstances he couldn't anticipate, but I think he thought that cam was going to pan out to be more than he actually is right now. I completely agree. And that's an issue. And, you know, I mean, here we have my dad in the chat saying trade up for Lawrence, but, you know. Uh, you know your dad, Steve? Yes. Oh, hey, dad. So he, uh, unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen either, but we can only dream about that. I was joking that the Jets, now that they blew their chance at getting Lawrence, should just trade the number two pick to the Patriots so that we get Justin Fields and they can just figure it out and get other draft picks. Yeah, they can screw it up like they do every other year. I don't know what they're going to do. It, it, you know, it's so funny, too, because we've been talking about draft. And, like, uh, I think um, who has – anyway, I, they, we've been talking about, like, who are they going to draft in the first round? Are they going to move up? So on and so forth. And it's like, you know Belichick's just going to trade out of the first round. And, like, yeah, yeah. even yeah. get his hopes up. He's, <laughs> he's going to trade out of the first round to get, like, four third-round draft picks and five seventh-round draft picks and draft defensive tackles and offensive line, and that's fine. That's not sexy. I get that's how you build a team, but, like, you better win. That's all I got to say. You better be 10-6 and six next year competing for the playoffs. I'm not saying you have to win the division. I know Buffalo is getting a lot better. You know, we talked about coach and quarterback for the past 20 years, coach and quarterback, coach and quarterback, Belichick and Brady. Now it looks like Buffalo might have the coach and the quarterback. You know, Josh Allen looks like he could be the real deal. He's developing right in front of our eyes. And then, um, oh, my God, what's the head coach's name in Buffalo? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, jeez. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, too, to be honest. Um, but he looks like he has a clue, you know? And if he does, uh, hold on. McVay. Or no, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's that's the Rams. McDermott. McDermott. Yeah. Sean McDermott, that's right. So, like, Sean McDermott looks like he has a clue. He looks like he knows what he's doing. And you pair that up with a quarterback who knows what he's doing. And like we've been saying for the past 20 years as Patriots fan, coach quarterback, coach quarterback. Yeah. Well, might have that now. And their defense, too, is 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 really good, too. I think that could get them far, really far in the playoffs, too. Yeah. So that's a little scary. I mean, even Miami, they're looking pretty good, too, now that two is playing. So. I know. Miami. So, I mean, I Miami doesn't scare me as much. Like, they're building something. But Tua, I don't know. We'll see what Tua becomes. I, I like him, but he scares me a little bit. But I do think Buffalo, just for the future, like the next five years. I know. That's going to be an issue. I mean, yeah, I'm not – like you said, I don't have – 
these crazy expectations of coming back and winning the division next year and automatically being better than Buffalo. I really don't realistically think that's going to happen, especially, I mean, they only got better in the off season last year too. So I really don't think that that's going to be the situation, but it's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Patriots next year to come back and be a playoff team. Cause there's not really, you can't make the excuses that they made this year. You know what I mean? So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them during the off season. And when the season starts, cause Nobody, nobody wants to look at this Patriots team and realize that they're going to finish with a losing record and, and miss the playoffs after everything that they've been through. Yeah, yeah and this is, you know, this is Boston. This is one of the reasons why we love this sports town because we hold people accountable and we love our sports team and we want them to win and we want them to compete. And like Belichick, I love him so much, but he's not a sacred, you know, cow. He like next year is a big year for him. It's a big year. It's the second year without Brady. Let's go. I know, exactly. Now that they have a year that they hopefully worked out some of their kinks and are now used to not having Brady, let's see what they go and do with it now and, and how he adjusts to that next year. I agree. But, yeah, uh, at least we have our Celtics to look forward to. That'll be nice. Go see. <laughs> um, I do really appreciate uh, you coming on the show and taking oh, your time. Right. I don't want to keep you from, from dinner because I know you were saying before we went live that, that dinner was almost ready. I appreciate it, Gabby. No, I, I'd be more than happy to come back whenever you, you whenever you'll have me. Definitely, yeah, I'll definitely be in touch, and I really appreciate your time. And again, you all know where to find Boston Balling. It's on every podcast streaming platform. You can find it on all the Boston Balling social media pages. So I hope people enjoyed the show, and I'll see you all next Tuesday at my normal time. All so, right. Thanks, everybody.